Well, hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word. It's our midweek refresh and a chance to dig a little deeper into Pastor David's sermon. My name is Julie Hart and I serve on staff here alongside Chris Devereaux, who is not only our sound engineer, um, but a regular podcast contributor. I am now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. We have two first-time guests with us this morning that I would like to introduce to you. First, we have Julia Messenger. Julie is a young adult here at the church who grew up at Desert Spring. She was a leader in the youth program, has served on camp staff for many years. And if you have little ones, you see her in the uh, children's wing on Sunday mornings. So I'm excited to have Julia on our program because, well, quite honestly, Julia has brought me a lot of information and made mental health something that I've been more aware of. So I appreciate that. And so welcome, Julia. Uh, Hey, excited to be here. Excellent. And with us this morning, I also have my best, best friend, who happens to be my mama, Maxine Konigsberg. I'm really happy that she came in today um, because uh, she is still riding the waves of grief that um, Pastor David talked about um, in his sermon. So welcome, Mama. Thank you. Um, So Pastor David just kicked off a sermon series called Aware, Mental Health, and the Christian Faith. Um, This week's sermon was on grief. If you didn't catch the sermon, I highly encourage you to find it um, online at DesertSpringChurch.com and take a listen to it. There's some really good information. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the devotional. I will be reading Pastor David's devotional as it's written, and then I will stop along the way to uh, discuss some of the questions that he poses to us. So the scripture reading for Pastor David's devotional comes from 2 Corinthians 1 uh, verses 3 through 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles with the, com- with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So Pastor David says, last Sunday I began my sermon series on faith and mental health by preaching on grief. Grief is a normal and natural response to the experience of loss. And grief is something we all experience. It's part of the human experience. This experience of grief can be compared to a wave coming over us. When the loss we experience is big, like divorce or death of someone close to us, the wave can knock us over and even overwhelm us. When the loss is not quite as big, like losing a job, the wave might knock us on our knees. When the loss is small, like losing out on time with family or friends, the wave leaves us unsettled. No matter what the loss, once the wave of grief begins, so does the grieving process. Grieving is what we do between the waves. It is the process of adjusting and adapting so we can get back on our feet. Grieving is hard work, but especially when it comes to the bigger losses in our lives. It results in greater space between the waves and shorter recovery when the waves do come. So his first question for us today is, have there been times when grief has knocked you down? If so, what have you found to be helpful? So um, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off while y'all are thinking about that. For me, when I think about grief that has knocked me down, it would probably be divorce which sadly I have experienced not once, but twice in my life. Um, And the first time I think I wasn't just grieving my marriage, but I was grieving like the dreams I had for my children's lives, like their their lives and their family was was changing. 
Um, and so that was that was a different kind of grief than than the second divorce, but also just not my own grief, my own dreams. Um, and for me, I often turn to um, music, to prayer, to journaling. Um, so when I'm dealing with grief, I'm usually pretty intentional about the music I consume. And sometimes I just like sad music. I just need to like, just listen to sad music and cry because I need to cry. And um, so I don't know, music is really powerful for me. And I, a lot of songs I identify with whatever memories of people or whatever the situation is. And those, um, so that music some is really powerful. But at some point in my grieving process, I have to shift my playlist to, um, you know, more hopeful, upbeat kind of, kind of music. So um, music and prayer is really big for me and also journaling. I have to write it out. I process things by writing. And so even if I can't write paragraphs or sentences, I might just write words that I'm feeling or thinking or sometimes just even doodling because um, I think there's something about the pen to paper for me that helps me to process. So those are some of the ways that I deal with grief. So. What about you, Mama? Well, I lost my husband a year ago, and in, in the year and one day, I, I lost two friends, too. And I, I think work is the thing that I can throw myself into. Um, like, I did the floors, the painting, and everything in my house mm-hmm. after my husband passed. Mm-hmm. Um, Music has been a hard thing for me to listen to because it was such a big thing between my husband and myself. Mm-hmm. Music was always on in our house, mm-hmm. and each song triggers something, but I'm doing better there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess work is my best thing. I, I, actually, I go to your house. Mm-hmm. And yep. have coffee every morning. Mm-hmm. It's a, a ritual we do, mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. I think having those rituals that you have, to, especially during those times, to fall back on, like something normal happening, mm-hmm. I think is is a big deal. Mama is right now cutting thousands of little strips of um, uh, fleece for camp, a little camp project. So, because uh, you just lost your closest living friend. Yes. Yeah. Just three weeks ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my and goodness. the thing that has hurt me the most about that is her children. One child lived in Hawaii. Her son, her daughter, lives in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And so they are on a and both job. They have jobs, important jobs, and they're on such a short time frame that they cleared out the house and they. I mean, it was like her her life and everything disappeared mm-hmm. so quickly. It mm-hmm. it hurt. They literally called 1-800-JUNK mm. to come mm-hmm. and take away like yeah. a, a, a two, two lives, basically. It was just, yeah, yeah, it was just yeah hurtful. That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. So um, I, I'm talking about the grief of divorce and mom's talking about the grief of the loss of life of someone. Um, but Julia... We have multiple <laughs> generations represented today. So you, you represent the 20-somethings, but you specifically and your grief, um, I wanted to hear about. Yeah, so um, about five years ago when I was 15, uh, 
I believe it was like around Christmas time, uh, I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we thought it was the flu. I was just sick. And we went to the doctor and there was nothing wrong. So we had to go to multiple other doctors and specialists to figure out, you know, uh, what was happening and what I was feeling like I was feeling. Uh, and then we pinpointed it when I got up one day and I couldn't walk mm-hmm. because my there was so much pain in my hip mm-hmm. that moving it even the slightest way hurt. Yeah. To the point where I couldn't function. At what age? 15? 15. Yeah. Freshman year. Mm-hmm. Like a new beginning, like fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, and you were very into yeah. sports and athletics. Yeah, and, and that, that was the biggest thing I I come back to, and it was I was an athlete, and it was the point in my, you know, playing basketball where I was starting to gain the confidence and mm-hmm. the leadership, and really mm-hmm. being good at the sport. And then all of a sudden, now I can't walk. Mm-hmm. I can't put a shirt on by myself. I can't mm-hmm. lift my arm up above my head. So um, we went to the doctor, we got blood work, and my doctor said it's the highest uh, marker she had ever seen. I can't remember. For inflammation. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of what blood test it was. Mm -hmm. So we had to go to a rheumatologist. Rheumatologist, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Nervous. Um, So we went and... There's only one pediatric rheumatologist in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And he did all the tests and nothing showed up. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any swelling. So he couldn't like diagnose anything without swelling. So for five years, (laughs) I was in this excruciating pain and no one could tell me what was wrong Mm -hmm. and he told me I I got this diagnosis in quotations of amplified pain syndrome I remember yeah that was the first thing that and it was the treatment for that is it was go to therapy do physical therapy walk and sleep these were all four things that I could not do mm-hmm. because I could not walk. Mm-hmm. I could not put my own shirt on. I could not. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. walk and do physical therapy? And mm-hmm. and even the therapy at the time, uh, I, I couldn't do because I had not, you know, accepted that I'm, <laughs> I'm still at that with 20 I'm, at 20, I'm doing better with it, but dealing with my grief and dealing with my problems is something that I almost don't deal with and internalize and push down and, mm-hmm. and don't deal with it until it overflows. Mm-hmm. So for five years, my entire uh, high school experience was tainted and I couldn't do things that other kids could do. I couldn't stay after school because 
I couldn't even get through school. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard and that was really, I had to grieve that loss of, you know, kind of those years of my childhood. Really the end of your childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a big loss. Yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge loss. loss. Mm-hmm. P.S. Also, there was this little pandemic in the middle of that. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was almost fitting that it ended with that because yeah. I'd lost everything. And then, you know, being a senior when the pandemic started it was actually when uh, my life was on the up and up. Like, yeah. I turned 18. So the diagnosis for rheumatoid arthritis finally clicked and... Mm-hmm. I got that diagnosis, and it was nice to hear the doctor say, well, I understand why you weren't able to do physical mm-hmm. therapy and all the things and make mm-hmm. yourself better because you couldn't do it. It was validation, a, right, yeah. that you weren't just making all this up and being <laughs> it dramatic. Was, it wasn't in my head. And, yep. like, it's an invisible disease. So, mm-hmm. like, and I, when you, if you've seen me, I look like I do. I don't look like I'm debilitatingly mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. but I am exactly and that was also a hard part to grieve like people around me they just they don't understand mm-hmm. and they don't try to understand because I don't look and act like mm-hmm. what you think someone who's sick does mm-hmm. and I think that's a a part of the grieving thing is other people around you when you feel kind of alone in it mm-hmm. and no one understands and what are some tools that have helped you through that time that you, you know? Uh, <laughs> surrounding yourself with um, people that uh, understand and mm-hmm. value you through it all. I mean, something that was big for me was this church and youth group. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this happened, I kind of, you know, delved into youth group and being here and Mm -hmm. you know it started freshman year and it was really hard on my health and it was really a hard time in my home and the only place I wanted to be was at church Mm -hmm. and with the with the youth group and it's it's kind of what got me through and Mm -hmm. that that would probably be what how I dealt with yeah. it the most yeah I, I think that's yes really good it's really good and I I kind of uh, had a front row seat of you going through that process <laughs> and you know and and um knowing that you were not you were in a lot of pain but yeah. that you were it took a long time to get an answer and I think that there's relief it was not a great answer but I no. think that just you know again that validation that this isn't in your head so yeah I watched you walk through that with the with a lot of grace. Also, my mom had lupus, had autoimmune disease when I was young. And so I kind of had seen that where she looked fine and people didn't understand because she looked very healthy and, but she wasn't, she wasn't and mm-hmm. couldn't do things also. So thank you, Julia. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of loss in, again, you say you're 20. So that's a lot to have dealt with at your age. So um, what about you, Chris? Well, for me, it was um, uh, broken engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was engaged and kind of had expectations for my life and w- what was going to happen. And um, 
you know, had some infidelity there on her part and, uh, you know, we ended up breaking up, which in the long run, you know, ended up being great. I've, I've met my, my girlfriend now who I love and she's amazing. Um, and I think as far as, you know, what I do, uh, in order to go through that process was, was similar to, to you, uh, which was just surround myself with, uh, family and friends and, mm -hmm. And, you know, occupy myself with work or, or, or other things. Um, not so much music, although I love music. I'm kind of with your mom on this one. You know, music can be really powerful, but it also can bring out, you know, some, some emotions that sometimes mm -hmm. aren't, <laughs> uh, aren't, aren't easy to deal with at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely getting out in nature. I've talked about it, you know, on, on yep. the podcast a number of times, you know, getting out and hiking, getting out and experiencing, um, you know, this, the, the beauty of, of the world and what God created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th those are all really good and very interesting, um, different examples of grief. So um, thank you for sharing. So Pastor David goes on to say, as you think back over the two years of, of the pandemic, can you see any of the symptoms of grief in your life? What do you feel like you lost during the pandemic? Does the understanding of grief and grieving help you make sense of any of your experiences with other people? So let's start with you, Mom. Well, um, I think when someone dies, they take a part of you with them. Mm -hmm. And they also leave a part of them with you. So, you know, that in the memories, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the moments you feel. Um, but it changes who you are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it takes time to find your spot mm -hmm. and, 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 and feel comfortable again. Mm -hmm. um, that's mm -hmm. taken quite a while. And the pandemic isolates you. Mm -hmm. I mean, all, we all were. And, and it, I became fearful of, of like interacting with anybody other than my little pod. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. was, you know. Yeah. It, Manny actually passed away just, I remember one day he was, it was towards the end and I was making appointments for you to get your, the vaccine had just come out. And right. so that whole, he was there during that, you know, time of, mm -hmm. there was, there was a lot of stress and a lot as a caregiver. And I see this a lot in people like, like mama didn't necessarily, uh, you didn't really I didn't fess up that fess up how how rough uh, things were. Yeah, yeah, it was so pretty rough. Mm -hmm. it, the, the last two weeks, Julie came in and and just stayed, and because he refused to have hospice people, Julie <laughs> and I were the only two people that could even touch him or interact with him. Yeah, um, and that was um, it, it. Had so many emotions tied to it. It was scary mm -hmm. to watch someone die mm -hmm. and and it was horrifying mm -hmm. to see them in pain and mm -hmm. so little you could do for them mm -hmm. it was it was joyful yep in ways and i i think you went through the whole gamut of feelings mm -hmm. spiritual mm -hmm. really sacred and mm -hmm. sacred yeah mm -hmm. and and he would be talking to spirits, mm -hmm. I, I believe. Yep. He would say things like, uh, you see them there, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And we would say, no, we don't, but you know. Yeah. Um, made me believe that they come for you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, should I tell about the, Sure. Yeah. The, okay. I think the veil, I think what you're talking about is how thin the veil is and how you, in walking through, right, this when someone's passing. Well, I'm talking yeah, about the... Yeah, I know what you're talking the, about. Okay. <laughs> Julie and I would take turns at night watching while the other one slept. And th- there are two things about that. One night, Julie came and woke me and she said, Mom, I think this is... it's." He's, he's, we're at the end, and I got up and went in, and he was, what, what do you call it? Things that, that happen. There, there's a death rattle. A death the, rattle. The feet That's are the word. purple. Things mm-hmm. that, that happen his, as yeah, a process Yeah, his legs were dying. purple up to his knees, mm-hmm. and that's a sign of dying. And I got on the bed and held him. And he started to recover. The color came back yep. in his legs. The rattle went away. It was, it was like wild. And that was kind of horrifying too, because like, what have I done? You know? And he told Julie, I don't want to die. Why would I want to leave her? Yeah. 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 And the other thing that happened on another night that Julie was on call, um, <laughs> we had cameras set up, um, ring cameras in the bedroom, the bathroom, so we could keep an eye on him. <clears throat> and the app was on my phone. Is that what you And I was watching from the living room. And Julie was watching my phone from the living room because I had gone to bed. And there were flashes mm-hmm. of, of light from the wall where he was always talking. We, I, well, we just called him the wall people. And he would have conversations with the people. They were people from his past, his mom, his sister, mm-hmm. his dad, friends. But I want to say one thing, too. Seeing someone go through death is the ultimate act of love. Mm. Helping them through that. Mm-hmm. 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 And it's so brave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an honor to be a part of it. Yeah, for me, I think my symptoms of grief are always denial. I just deny it's, <laughs> <laughs> I just deny it's happening. Like, this is not happening. Like, you like we, that meme? Of the character in the in the house with fire, everything's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's all good. It's gonna be fine. And and that has served me well in life in many ways because I was like, like when we shut down for like a couple of weeks, right? I was like, it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Like I, we were still doing. Remember rehearsals for Easter sunrise service. Flatten the curve. We were still, and so because of my denial, <laughs> I would end up having to like. How many times was I on Facebook Live saying, all right, I'm sorry, but we're not doing Easter sunrise service, and I'm so sorry, camp is canceled. And then one day, I'm, then it was like the mission trip, and, you know, but that's because um, I think I just, you know, threw myself into the hope, you know. I think it was the hope, and it took a long time, I think because I was just, like, stayed in motion and, st- you know, just wanted to hold people together and hold things together. I think my denial is that I needed to hold myself together. Mm. And I kind of looked, one day I just looked around, like my room was a trash pit. Like everywhere <laughs> I went was just like crazy. Like I would literally, right, get up 
and I was, I was, I just was on the computer, like, until I would go to sleep, and then when I go to sleep, I lay there watching YouTube videos about how to do some technical thing that you guys can do easily, <laughs> so, but I think Teaching that, yourself. yeah, my denial was just self-care, yeah. so, yeah, those uh, stages of grief. What about you, Julia? The yeah. symptoms of grief in your life during the pandemic. Yeah, um, like I said, I was a senior when this all started, and you know, on the up and up with a diagnosis and medication. And I had just, what was it, in February? Mm -hmm. Started that job. Gotten a job. Oh, I know. <laughs> and uh, in September of 2019, I'd gotten a job here at the church working yep. with the kids. And, and then my other job in February was, you know, working uh, with an ushering company and getting to usher uh, like Golden Ice games and concerts and stuff yeah. in the Las Vegas area. And then a month later, everything shuts down. Yep. And, and my two jobs are the two things that aren't going to come back anytime soon because mm -hmm. it's kids and large so, groups of people. Uh -huh. So oh, I know. And, you know, I was having a really good senior year. It was the first year of high school where I was like, oh, wow, this is, isn't mm -hmm. so bad like mm -hmm. I'm happy yep like yep I can't remember the last time I was truly happy and fully enjoying life yep and it's like turned 18 you know I'm becoming an adult go to college next year it's gonna be great mm -hmm. uh, global pandemic mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it was not so bad in a sense like as an introvert I can kind of deal with it. It was like, oh, being home isn't so bad. Mm -hmm. But then when it got to the summer, I was like, okay, you know, this is getting old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not like when, you know, things were dying down, I could go out anyway. Because, you know, being immunocompromised, it yep. was like I could not, you know, so th for the past two years, I've been still just playing it safe and you know, I haven't fully been able to live. And that's really hard to do when you're young mm -hmm. and, you know, 20 years old. And I can't, I don't feel safe going out and living my life to the fullest right now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's hard to grapple with. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I have grapples with it. So you're, you're on the diet denial yeah. bus too. <laughs> Always. <laughs> it's a if it's if you don't bus. feel it, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's not a healthy mindset, but here we are. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of, to segue it a little bit, brings me to the also the, you know, I have anxiety mm -hmm. diagnosed. I finally went to therapy mm -hmm. um, when I was 17 after, you know, years and years of being mm -hmm. told I need to see a psychologist because the, <laughs> the signs were there <laughs> to everyone else. But, you know, yeah. that denial thing. Yeah. And I, it, it was that denial of, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. Like, mm -hmm. but I knew there was because no one else felt the way I did in situations that gave me anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, 
it's another thing, even surrounding yourself by people you don't know, people who have experienced what you did. And that's how I came to terms with seeing a psychologist and dealing with my mental health was hearing other people talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. Like mm -hmm. people feel this way yeah, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it can be dealt with mm -hmm. and you can live. Mm -hmm. And so I have generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety disorder. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice right now. And but you're here. Yeah, <laughs> doing five great. years ago, I would not nope. be doing this. And uh, just recently I started taking medication for it mm -hmm. and it helps. Yeah. And magic. I kind of grown up in uh, an environment in some ways where that's shameful to mm -hmm. be on medication and to have something wrong. Right. And have been told, you know, just go to God and talk to someone who mm -hmm. is a Christian counselor, which I understand and I do. Mm -hmm. And but yes, also and. <laughs> Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with my brain yeah and that's okay mm -hmm. to need other help mm -hmm. and what I've learned through the pandemic and you know finally coming to terms with my anxiety is that I haven't been living and it kind of sucks when you turn 20 and you're like wow I all this stuff I could have been doing mm -hmm. I haven't been because I've been terrified of what. Mm -hmm. There is amount of fear. <laughs> it's like, devastating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, and it really, like, enlightened. I just went on a trip. I know. <laughs> it was big. It was big. I went on a trip with my little sister by ourselves uh, just a couple weeks ago. And, you know, the hardest part with my anxiety is leaving. Mm -hmm. Like, the fight or flight. Am I going to fight this or am I going to mm -hmm. flight? Mm -hmm. And you know, I fought it and I got there and we did it. And it was like, and I wasn't anxious. Mm -hmm. I was, that was big. Wow. Yeah. I got there and I was fine and I was having fun and yeah. I was living and I was like, wow. Yeah. This medication is working. Yeah. Better living through chemistry. I love mm -hmm. hearing that. Therapy hearing is working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm living, mm -hmm. and this is, this is nice. It's, it's almost miracle, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. I was like, I, yeah. I can keep doing this. I, it, mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. Yeah, so you can grieve what you missed yeah. out on, but you focus yeah, it's, focusing on... It's really hard, so now, you know, yeah. being out of that denial yeah. and grieving what I lost is also helping me focus on the future, and mm. so I don't have to do that, so I can keep living, and I can keep... Mm -hmm you know, growing yeah, that's so through good. that. Mm. So that's so, so good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh -huh. Ultimately, I think the pandemic, you know, enlightened things for me and mm -hmm. in retrospect benefited me mm -hmm. in growing who I was and who I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of time to spend with yourself, <laughs> right? 
kind of scary, but yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fun. great. And I love that you talk about mental health with other people. I've heard you ha have conversations with younger people, and, I, and it's so great that you can have this experience that I know that you'll continue to share. Yeah, it, it's, it, I do it because it's the only thing that got me through it was mm -hmm. hearing that it's a thing that people experience, even mm -hmm. though it's, Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. Nope. Like it's not all in my head. Yep. <laughs> so, so good. That's so good. And I, I just want other people who may have felt like I did for 17 years of my life to know that, mm -hmm. that they're not alone mm -hmm. and that their mind matters mm -hmm. and they should talk about it. I'm pretty sure that's a message that's going to continue out through your entire life. I hope so. And I hope to. Yeah. Uh, even expand it in mm -hmm. certain senses. You could be a spokesperson. Yeah, I know. Maybe not yeah. the spokesperson. Yeah. I can but, barely but definitely speak you are a, a spokesperson. <laughs> you do have an audience that hears you, mm -hmm. and, and I've heard you, and it just it tickles me because, you know, it was something you were so against for so long. <laughs> so long. Yeah, and then to hear you telling other people, I'm like, look at you guys. So that's Growth. wonderful. Growth. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's wonderful. It's just really fascinating. Everybody's different perspectives and really interesting. But so Pastor David goes on to say, the Bible has many scriptures that provide comfort and strength for people who are grieving. One of my favorites is Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and they, thy staff, they comfort me. He says, I also love Psalm 121, verse 1. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth. So his question is, do you have a scripture or two um, that you lean on when life is painful? And if so, which one? Um, so when I went through divorce with my dad, my children's father, it took me a while to actually file for divorce. Like it was not a slow unraveling of, of the marriage. I mean, I guess I didn't realize it was unraveling. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was unraveling for a while. But for me, it was a rude awakening um, that happened pretty quick. But then it was about a year um, before I filed for divorce. And I know that during that time, people kept saying, like, what are you going to do? Because, again, like you, mine was a situation of infidelity and pr 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 pretty a lot, actually. And so it was a lot just to consume and kind of comprehend what had just happened. But people kept saying, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, and all I could ever hear when I prayed was... Um, it comes from Psalm 4610, which is, be still and know that I am God. Oh, I'm not good at still. <laughs> I'm so, You're a go, go, go person. I am so bad at still. And it was, it was, an, it was annoying to me to keep hearing, be still. I'm mm -hmm. not a still person. Even if my body can hold still, my brain can't hold still. Um, it's just, I'm not, still is not good. So that was a frustrating answer, but I did have peace with it. Like I, it's not the answer I wanted, but I, I felt like that was right. And so oftentimes when I'm in a situation of crisis or grief or whatever, I think that reminder to be still and just take it in, like for your spirit to be still and absorb, okay, this thing is happening and acknowledge it. And, and then after that, okay, now go, you know, mm -hmm. and, and go on. And I think, um, I don't know, that's what, that's what uh, keeps happening for me. So what about you, Mom? Well, uh, when you asked me last night if I would come and be part of this, mm -hmm. I, I did look in the Bible mm -hmm. and I came <laughs> up with one. Yeah, what's it's that? It's Psalms 147. Uh, verse 30, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
that's, and that's a good one. And Pastor David talks about having those scriptures to share with other people and when that's appropriate. So, so any other scriptures or words of, that stand out for anyone? He stole mine. Paul, Psalm 23 is definitely yeah. ingrained well, in my brain. Let's face it. That's the one that we all kind of yeah, go <laughs> to. Like, in it's a kind of a cliche, us. but uh, yeah. you know, it's a good one. But I am going to do the homework from Sunday. Yeah. I am going to do the homework. I'm going to memorize at least two or three um, that I can give to, to yes. friends or family that Yes, just it. send to people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There, there's so much death that we've all, I mean, everybody knows someone. Yeah. And, and over 800,000 people in our country alone have, yes. have passed just yeah. from pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, it's like so you're going to run into somebody who needs comfort. Yep. Yes, that's a really good point. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. if you didn't lose someone personally, just the grief of those 800,000 exactly. people yes. Yes. Yeah. dying. It's, it's horrifying. Is, yes. How yes. do you not grieve that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Even, I don't know those 800,000 people. Oh, yeah. But, how but do you, you feel it, don't how you? How do you not feel yeah. heavy from mm-hmm. that? That's right. And it's continuing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, even the people, okay, there are people who have died, but then there are families who have lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. this. It's like, can you imagine? No. It's like the COVID casualties are not just those 800,000 people, exactly. yeah, but like the families of those people and the people who lost their jobs and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. everything. And mm-hmm. yeah. And how do you not take that and feel it and, mm-hmm. you know, be a person to other people? You don't know what anybody's going through. Right. Just right. feel that, feel that empathy. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in someone other, someone's shoes and mm-hmm. just... Mm-hmm. grieve even if you have nothing to grieve for yourself i think it's safe to assume that whoever you're talking to has been broken right <laughs> right yeah. yeah so if we can all have that assumption like we're broken we're broken in some way and, and affected by this that a little a little patience and grace yeah for sure well pastor david says these kinds of message these kinds of passages provide comfort and strength to us because they are rooted in the promise of god St. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 said, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Um, what do these words mean to you? That we do have hope. Yep, as Christians, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> we better. Mm-hmm. And it's not just hope for this life, but we hope we have a hope for what comes after this, this time here. So Pastor David says, during the sermon, I mentioned four ways we could support others in times of grief. One way was to recognize that grieving is painful and we can't make it all better. What we can do is sit with people in their grief. And have you had this kind of experience? And if so, what was it like for you? Has anyone sat with someone in a time of grief? Yeah, mom. Yes. Um, when my father was in the hospital mm-hmm. and um, there was no hope, mm-hmm. but my mother was in denial. Mm-hmm. And I took her out to the car and was telling her, Mom, Dad's not going to make it. You understand that, don't you? And she said, he's going to be fine. He will Mm -hmm. be. And I said, okay, but if there's anything that you have not told him that you need to tell him, Mm -hmm. now would be the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's important. So Pastor David goes on to say, for me, sitting with people in their grief is an expression of love and concern. It's not always easy. It can be very difficult to express a loved one's pain. 
And it's not always easy because it can be a reminder of our own mortality. One day, people will grieve over us. Can you think of other ways you have tried to express love and concern to other people who are grieving? I was thinking about you, Mom. You just get in and start helping and doing, and even those people that are going through grief. Yeah, um, but it's, you, you just wing it. I, I, don't, mm -hmm. I don't know what you do, but mm -hmm. you, you, you kind of like offer mm -hmm. things that you know it's in your power to do. Mm -hmm. I was thinking when, when we were uh, there at the end of Manny's life, how much love was expressed to us through people in the church. We could have had casseroles for like a year and a half. I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, and now it's Grubhub. Like food could have been at the door every day. Yeah, I know. Right? You know, um, Sally right away with the prayer shawl. That was you know. really, that was so good. Yes. Bringing that prayer shawl. It meant so much to me. Yes. Yeah. Of all the things. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That was so special. She, she keeps an eye on the prayer chain when someone's passing or she's so good about that and then making sure that people have that. And then it's a comfort for afterwards. But I just, um, I know people from church were sending scriptures. Phyllis would send poems. And, you know, I just think that in times of grief, our church has been really, a real Yeah, comfort. really, any support of love, I feel like, is, is helpful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if it's like... Even if it's little. Yep. Because sometimes those can make the bigger impact, uh, you know, uh, not the biggest impact necessarily, but, but mm -hmm. it can, you know, it can make an impact. Tracy brought us Diet Coke and, and In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> it was like the greatest thing that ever happened. <laughs> we finally thought we could eat. Like after a few days, we're like, we should eat. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, going back to that, just surrounding yourself with those people. Yeah. And, you know, having a church community, it really, mm -hmm. you're surrounded by it, even if you don't know it or mm -hmm. want it. It's mm -hmm. there, and mm -hmm. you're a part of it, and mm -hmm. that's something special. Mm -hmm. I know it's something that is so touching that people that don't go to our church that, you know, recently my, my niece, really through marriage, just passed away. But when, you know, she had three little ones, third and fourth grade, but, but when Sally found out about it, she's like, well, those kids needed prayer shawls, and she needs a prayer shawl. And it was so touching to them. Like, mm -hmm. wow, like these people that don't even know us, like, made these prayer shawls. And it was just... Yeah, it's really true. Finally, in the scripture for this devotional, we hear that the God of all comfort comforts us so we can comfort others with the comfort we have received. I like that. He says, we are helping to comfort others. All we are doing is sharing something we ourselves have received from God. So think about that. He says, God bless you and stay well. And wow, you guys, I just want to thank you all for such interesting perspectives on, on grief. And it really makes you realize um, everyone's, everyone deals with it. And so I appreciate all of the insights. And um, keep listening if you're listening from home. Um, this is a mental health series that's uh, continuing on. And I, I feel like all of the topics are going to be topics that are important for us to hear. And, and there's going to be a workshop on yes. grief on Sunday, this Sunday. Yes. Um, taught by Jim Dart. Yes. Uh, licensed family and marriage, marriage therapist. therapist. Yes. And yeah. so if you're experiencing it or if you want to uh, learn more about how to support others, mm -hmm. definitely come to that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. And he'll be doing other workshops as well. So um, I'm glad that we're talking about mental health and I'm glad that we um, are all here to support each other. And um, with that, let's uh, close in prayer. 
Lord God, we thank you um, just for a time of awareness, a time to um, stop and think about um, the loss that we have faced and the loss of those around us that they have experienced. We thank you for the many ways uh, that you have helped us through the loss, and um, we just pray that we can continue to be a light and that we can be loved to others as they um, experience loss in their own lives. Uh, and just thank you for um, this opportunity to share what you are doing in our lives. Amen.